This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast Podcast. Best bits from Friday, November the 24th. Um, it's Formula One Grand Prix weekend, end of the Formula One season. 2023 season comes to a conclusion yet again down in Abu Dhabi. So it will be a little bit of a celebration of all things F1, but also an opportunity to reflect on the year that was. Imtishan Gyardo is the editor-in-chief of Motoring Middle East. He's also regular guest on Dubai i 103.8's Motor Mania on a Saturday morning. And he's head of marketing at Octanium Experiences. He joined us in studio uh, on a Friday morning to discuss uh, the impact of F1, how they'll reflect on the year that was, domination of Red Bull, but also a little look at how success on a Formula One track uh, reflects onto the brands that are involved. So if Mercedes are winning races or doing well in races, does that mean an increase in the sale of Mercedes? Uh, plus the, it, the impact it has on the motoring and the automotive community here in the region as a whole. Ishrath Hasmin, talking of all things cars, is the co-founder and the chief operating officer of Zafir. Huday, uh, Zafir is a chauffeur service, uh, a chauffeur ride service. Basically, uh, if you want someone else to drive your car from A to B, uh, then they do that for you. They'll come find you, drive you to wherever you want to go uh, and drop your car off there. Simple, but it's much more than that. In fact, uh, they've got a number of different services they're adding to the app all the time uh, and are looking to scale their business. Uh, Ishrath was good to come in to reflect on the growth of the business over the last couple of years, but also bring us up to date with a couple of new launches, none more so uh, than the Abu Dhabi services this weekend. Deb Sena Chakraborty is the Vice President of Growth and Expansion for the MENA region for MFilterit. Deb Sena joined us live in studio. Uh, why? Well, because of the day. Black Friday, or call it Yellow Friday, or any other Friday uh, with a colour in front of it, uh, is, of course, a day that is now renowned in the world of e-commerce. Um, but uh, are you getting a good deal on your Black Friday deals? Obviously, Black Friday deals now sort of run a lot longer than just 24 hours at the end of a week. Extended deal options and extended deal periods. But um, are you getting bang for your buck? If you see a deal, is it a good deal? Or are those prices being manipulated at the moment? A question we put to Deb Senna. In fact, Black Friday was one of the big talkers uh, in the show this morning. We had two sides to the coin there. Uh, one from the uh, observers looking at and comparing the market from Mfilterit. Also Noon, who are very much invested into their Yellow Friday deals. We've got their thoughts. Uh, and Emirates MBD also joined us live in studio to talk to buy in Inflation. Latest numbers were out, and we crunched those with Jeanne and the rest of the team. That's all right here on the Bite Size Business Breakfast Podcast. Friday morning, and not just any Friday. It is Black Friday, or White Friday, or Yellow Friday, depending on where you're shopping. Tom found a survey which shed some serious uh, scrutiny on the dealiness of deals for Black Friday. 
Uh, this was the survey from the UK. It was from uh, Witch Magazine, Consumer Magazine, uh, which basically said that uh, 2%. Uh, as little as 2% uh, of deals that you get during Black Friday are uh, exactly what they say on the tin, uh, which would therefore suggest, if my maths is to be trusted, that 98% are not. That's a massive, massive claim. Basically, the remit was, the remit was that uh, it was a way of getting rid of stock for certain brands, and there was a little bit of price gouging or gauging going on here uh, in terms of the fact that prices had tracked up a little bit ahead of Black Friday in order to reduce the savings you might have made. The Therefore, the argument we were putting to several of our uh, guests this morning were, do you really get good bang for your buck? Do you get good deals on Black Friday? Or is it just a very, very clever marketing ploy? Well, your first guest said it's the same here. Uh, yeah, exactly. We said this was a uh, this was a report out of the UK. Uh, obviously, looking at the UK market, surely things are a little bit different here, uh, given our proclivity towards all things e-commerce. Uh, and uh, as you say, my first guest earlier on today from M Filter It, uh, Deb Senna, uh, Chakraborty said no. Uh, in fact, that rings very, very true here as well. Um, uh, and we'll be able to hear that one in full a little later on this morning. So we put it to the guys at noon as well, saying, what's the case with you? Are the deals with you and your suppliers genuine deals? This is Saro Dejarian, who is noon.com's uh, cross-category head. You could head over to the app today now um, and any day this week, actually, we've got deals refreshing on an hourly basis at the lowest prices ever. Uh, whether that's sofas, whether that's Wonder and burgers on our food service, you know, Wonder and donuts uh, on noon minutes. Um, everything is uh, at a slash price right now, and many of them have been, you know, communicated to customers authentically uh, and legitimately on the app as lowest price ever. Crazy YFS deal tags, and those are the deals that you should look out for while stocks last, of course. So how big is, well, it's not even Yellow Friday. It's not even the Yellow Week. In the US, it lasts for five days up until Cyber Monday. Uh, Saro says that here for them, if you add in what happens with the, the singles week a little bit earlier on in November, basically the whole of November is a big sales month for them. So he said, what percentage of your takings, what percentage of your business for the whole year will be done in this month? It can depend. Of course, uh, it's a significant part of the year. We don't hinge ourselves on just this one month because uh, we have a we have a number of great services across our hyper app that you know are there for our customers every day, 365 days of the year. But um, you know, I would say upwards of 30% traditionally uh, is you know a good ball ballpark figure to aim for. Right, so 30% plus. Um, how many more shoppers in the US, by the way, the National Retail, bleh, Retail Federation even, uh, thinks that there'll be about 10% more shoppers out shopping um, because people are looking for a bargain after a year of high inflation. So we said to Saro, what do you think we'll see here? Uh, the traffic has been spiking all week. You know, we're selling everything from uh, milk on our noon minutes delivery service to electronics such as iPhones. Uh, and everything's spiking and shopper traffic is up in abundance. Uh, today we're already seeing spikes of 3-4x uh, the day before and, you know, we're just happy to be riding that wave right now and 
uh, serving all those customers. Saro Dejarian, head of Cross Categories at noon, speaking to us at the start of, we'll call it, Yellow Friday uh, for him this morning, major shopping weekend. Uh, speaking of prices, uh, as Tom said there at the start of the show, Dubai inflation rising to 4.3% for October. We've asked Jean Walters, senior economist at Emirates MBD, what's behind that? We saw inflation tick up um, relatively sharply this month. But I think the key thing to note when we're thinking about what's happened um in the October inflation print is that it's almost entirely down to a change in the transport component of the CPI basket. So that has increased. Uh, It went up 4.7% year on year. um, And that's down to the rise in petrol prices that we saw in October. So what are you expecting to see this month? I think, again, the, one of the primary drivers at the moment is going to be the transport component again. Um, and we should see a little bit of relief in uh, November because petrol prices have come down quite sharply uh, on the month. Uh, and so hopefully we will see a bit of a downtick in that transport component, um, which, which will you know, allow us a little bit of extra breathing room. Jean Walters from Emirates NBD. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. So that annual shopping event that many retailers uh, and many bargain hunters look forward to is upon us. Uh, But is it all it seems? Not according to several consumer groups who've warned that deals should be taken with a pinch of salt. Uh, Black Friday has arrived. Uh, It's though become more than Black Friday. It's sort of Black Friday week these days, or fortnight maybe even. Um, let's get a little more in detail on just how much we should uh, entrust in all things Black Friday with uh, a specialist in e-commerce, brand reputation and fraud detection. The Vice President for Growth and Expansion for the MENA region for MFilter it is Deb Senna. Chakraborty who joins us live in studio. Good morning to you, Deb Senna, and happy Black Friday. Good morning. Thank you. Is it a happy Black Friday? I don't know. I'm not buying anything, actually. <laughs> it's It's... I mean, I say that with a sort of uh, a little bit biting my teeth, at the, uh, biting my tongue at the same time, because, again, let's go back to that point. When did Black Friday, a day, become a week or maybe even a month now as well? It seems to get longer each year. So, again, all these platforms are trying, making people buy more, which means that they need uh, to create a buzz around it. And it cannot be a single day buzz. Mm. Uh, That's the reason they're spreading it out, uh, building up to that day so that there's excitement, there's a lot of media attention, etc. And then people go and buy. Uh, Used to be one day. One day made a lot of sense. Uh, U.S. started as a Black Friday, uh, China started as a 11-11 sale. And now it's like uh, they can't just do it in one day. They want to spread it across a week and see how much better they can make it. And I believe the numbers have shown that uh, the the week sales are pretty much close to the single day sales. Now that people know that it's a one week thing, they don't want to do it in a single day. But it also eases out a lot of pressure on the uh, entire distribution and delivery network. Does it work for the brands? Is this a tool? Is this a marketing tool that works for them? Uh, If you see the amount of spends the brands make during this time, you would think it works. What we have seen is for a few brands, the uptick is much, much higher. 
uh, while for others it's not so much. However, if the brands are trying to push out, for example, electronics, you want to push out your older, uh, you know, uh, models, mm -hmm. that works great during this time. Um, I turn to which magazine? It's a publication out of the UK, but it makes an interesting point. The research by the consumer group, which um, published rather fortuitously at the beginning of this week, suggested that just 2% of discounted Black Friday offers were at their cheapest price on the day of the sales event last year. It went on to warn shoppers to compare prices as retailers responded to largely dismissing the findings themselves. I mean, look, they're a consumer group. They're entitled to their research as well. That seemed a little bit harsh as well. Just 2%. Well, it suggests that 98% and the majority of the offers weren't all they seemed. Absolutely right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, because because I specialize in this particular area and I work with a lot of brands uh, today that do their e-commerce analytics. So what we have seen is uh, the buzz is much higher than what it actually is. There's definitely going to be a couple of deals that blows your mind away, but you're never going to get an iPhone for a dirham. Is that it the is same not here? Happening. Are you saying that here some of the offers online what percentage are actual deals, do you think, here in the UAE? So on electronics, you're going to find very good deals, around 10% good deals. That's also because they are trying to push out your older models. On newer models, there is impossible to find a great deal. Mm. Uh, you might actually, actually find that 2% good deals of getting a decent amount off on the, on the retail price. But that's about it. Well, the deal, so advice to that, I mean, the advice from which was to compare and contrast. Is that something that you'd concur with? So if you if you are one of those deal seekers, I would suggest you start looking at your deal from 11-11. And what you're going to see is those numbers never move. Really? Yes. Okay, so monitor those prices. So what it, what it looks like is it says that, oh, uh, this is a thousand dirhams and you get a discount of 50%, it's 500 dirhams. Tomorrow, that 1,000 dirhams is going to become 1,200 dirhams and you still buy it at 500 dirhams. Right. It might actually go to 1,300 dirhams and you buy it for 499 mm. if, if that is the deal that you're seeking. Yeah. So those are the things that go on during this time. Be aware of these trends. Uh, the other thing you should be aware of, uh, we, we assume, is, of course, the threat of fraud and cybercrime. We mentioned in the pre-lab and the, pre um, the build-up to this one as well. There certainly seems to be more warnings coming through at the moment from major organisations to be aware of scams. Is that the case? Do we see a spike in scams? Big spike in scams. Uh, just last week, there was this entire report of uh, scammers now using advertisements, uh, banner ads to lure people into getting onto a site that says they're going to get, let's say, an iPhone for a dirham again. And getting their details and then uh, and everything goes for a toss. Mm. So be very careful on what you click, whether it's an ad or whether it's a content, any link that you are clicking out. Be very careful. Be very mindful. Um, that is a great piece of advice to finish up on. Deb Sender, I can't thank you enough as well. Uh, thanks uh, for coming in nice and early on a Friday morning as well. I'm keeping you.
from that Black Friday shopping now. Uh, but I'm sure of all the people out there who know a deal, it's you. So, Deb Senna, thank you very much indeed for joining thank us. Thank you so very much. Deb Senna uh, Chakraborty is the Vice President, Growth and Expansion, MENA Region 4M. Filter it. We're talking all things Black Friday. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. If I had a dirham for every time I uttered the phrase, you've got to download the Zoffer app, I would be a very rich man. Um, because it is one, I think, one of the great success stories of recent years. Uh, founded by Bantina Manani uh, and our guest Ishrath Hasmin back in 2021, November 2021. Wasn't that long ago? And now it's become a very much part of the fabric and the network of the UAE. So what is Zoffer? Well, they aim to bring chauffeur services to the masses, making it a daily necessity for everyone. No more wasting time on car-related tasks. How are they doing that? Well, let's ask one of the co-founders. He's been kind enough to join us live in studio. Co-founder and chief operating officer of Zafur is Ishrath Hasmin. Ishrath, good to see you as always. Thank you. Pleasure to be here again. Story, and I know I keep lev- uh, I keep making too much of this one, but Brandy, when did I change my phone? 2004. Yeah, okay, so I've literally just been convinced to change my phone. One of the reasons I didn't change from my old 2008 or iPhone 8 to whatever one I've got now uh, is that I don't like losing technology. It seemed to work for me. Just been convinced to change it by my children because apparently I'm living the dark ages. What was the first app that I had to make sure was on my phone? <laughs> oh, the people you give about 10% of your wages to, no? <laughs> it was Zoffer. Um, listen, it's... Is it fair? I mean, talk to me about the growth of the company, if I said. As I said, November 2021, we're at, what, November 2023. It's been two years, significant growth. It has been. I mean, it has been a massive growth, a lot of learnings for us as well. When we started off um, Zofro, the the uptake was mostly uh, in terms of safe driver, like when you want to book a driver after a party. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think we have evolved a lot now. A lot of other use cases have been introduced um, in terms of garage pickup, RTA inspections. Um, in fact, taking your car or your electric car, you know, for, for charging. Um, you have some visitors, you know, um, um, who are visiting Dubai, but you have an idle car at home. You just want a driver to take them around. Um, business commuting, you, you want to go for business meetings, but you just don't want to get waste time in trying to find parking and stuff like that. You just need a driver to drive you around. You sit at the back seat and then work on your presentation. A lot of use cases have evolved. But since we started, it's been almost two years now, we've been growing four to 500% every year. It's extraordinary. And I mean, the, the, those foundations of time, comfort, convenience that you set out on, along with the uh, co-founder, Bunty, all those uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, how much do you listen to customers and what they want? They might be an individual Tom Urquhart sat in the back of the car or sat in the front seat of the car. They might be a major corporation. Is, do you sort of react to the demands of pass- passengers and customers? Definitely, yeah. I mean, we are we're building the business which is going to be more customer-centric. Right. This is all about Zofor that we do. Um, in terms of listening to the customers, I mean, just before, uh, as soon as I, I came here, I was asking you, you've been uh, 
uh, an ambassador, I call it now. <laughs> I've been using <laughs> yes. Zofra a lot. <laughs> and Brandy, I was asking man. you as well. Um, <laughs> but I mean, my feedback, I mean, I just wanted to understand, like, is there any problems that we can sort out? You know, is there any improvement that's we can, that we can bring in? But once in a while, every, I mean, every quarterly basis, we do a customer feedback, like a survey, um, shooting it out to all our customers. And we, we, we get to listen to whatever their concerns are. And that just does not only you know, allow us to improve our current services, also it gives us a vision, what are the expectations? What are the new use cases that customers are expecting? I mean, things like electric cars being um, you know, sent for charging, and then they use our drivers, our chauffeurs to get it done, was a new use case that we just figured out um, while speaking to our customers. So talk to me about, I mean, obviously we look at it from an individual point of view a lot, so certainly speaking selfishly, but if, if a CEO is listening at the moment, has a large corporation here, a large business, how can Zoffer help his business or her business? Well, I mean, if there are two aspects of it. If you are in the automotive industry, we are just not going to be driving cars. We are changing industry standards. When I say industry standards, let's say, for example, if you want to book or if you want to buy a car and then if you want to get a test drive done, the, comp- the, the automotive industry, now the standard is going to change where they're going to bring the car to you so that you can do a test drive. Who's going to bring that car? It's going to be Zofo. And we're doing that right now. When your car is going for a service, if the service is due, you're going to call them up, book an appointment. You don't have to step out of your office or home. They're going to send a, a chauffeur to get your car picked up. And who's going to do that is going to be Zofer. And we are doing that with the, the big boys uh, in the automotive industry right now. And it can be for other use cases as well. Like if the corporations wants to move their fleet of cars from A to B, they can do that as well. I mean, right now we have major players um, in the automotive industry, the likes of the BMWs, Altair, Cars24, you know, a lot of rent-to-car companies as well who have been utilizing our services, our platform, the technology that we have built and the, the, the fleet that we have on the, on, the, on the field to basically automate their, uh, their logistics. Mm. We allow them to save a lot of money in terms of operations, operational cost, operational efficiency, and also, you know, allow them to scale. We must address the two new launches or the big launch for this weekend, uh, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix this weekend. What a perfect weekend to launch your Abu Dhabi services. What's available? Abu Dhabi has been always on the plate. I mean, it's just that it was a natural expansion for us. I mean, we've been, we've been working on a lot of other use cases in terms of you know, other verticals, but at the same time, regional expansion came in at the right time where it's, okay, it's, 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 it's Formula One. Last year, if you were going to go to Formula One from Dubai, you would book a Zofer on an hourly basis. So you take, you take a chauffeur in the morning and then he will wait for you in the, in, in Yas Marina and then you would bring the same guy back. Um, but right now, that's not required. You can do, you can just book one way he can drop you off at Abu Dhabi and then he will go away and they just have to be only for one, one way. Once you're, you're, you're finished watching the race and then you want to book another chauffeur uh, just for one way to get back to Dubai, you can do that as well. So by allowing one-way trips, there's a lot of commute between Dubai to Abu Dhabi 
uh, which is gonna which is gonna happen a lot, you know, uh, in, in in the coming days. That's this weekend mm. sorted. Thirty seconds remaining. Next weekend, rugby sevens involved there. Rugby sevens, we're always there. <laughs> <laughs> we have a massive stand. I mean, we we we're, since the first year we've been always. I mean, they they've been with us. So really? I mean, no rugby sevens without Zofor. Let me put it that way. We have to be there to bring the people back. <laughs> It's been an extraordinary 2023. Um, We could talk for a lot longer about it. I'm sure we'll have you back in for 2024. But just to confirm, so Abu Dhabi Service, Paper Minute, now available this weekend. Is that right? Absolutely. But please pre-book it. I mean, we're going to be running out of uh, slots soon. <laughs> uh, it's always good to catch up. Big thanks to you for joining us live in studio. Thanks uh, to uh, Ishrath Hasmin, one of the co-founders of Zoffer. Thanks. Thank you. Just the highlights. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast. So the Formula One roadshow has rolled into, well, probably flown into town. Uh, Why? Final race of the season. Uh, The final race of the 2023 season will take place at uh, the Yas Marina circuit over the course of this weekend. Uh, You've got practice today, practice tomorrow, qualifying late tomorrow, race day on Sunday. It is the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Uh, it's thrown up some great races in the past, including the final stages of last year's race. Let's remind ourselves of that, Brandy Scott, if we may. For his 15th victory in his second championship winning season, Max Verstappen wins the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. 15 wins in a season. That is the new benchmark for the rest to challenge. Charles Leclerc comes home to take second place ahead of Sergio Pérez. Perez, Ferrari get that runners-up spot in both constructors and drivers championships. And it's the moment you discover you've been pronouncing everybody's names wrong. It's not Charles Leclerc, is it? Uh, it's not too far away. Uh, that's last year. And uh, what will happen this year? Well, predictions being probably pretty much the same. Let's get the thoughts of the editor-in-chief of Motoring Middle East and the head of marketing at Octanium Experiences. Imtishan Gyada joining us live in studio. Welcome back to your home from home. Welcome back. I think I say to myself all the time, it's great to be back. Imtishan is no stranger to this studio. He is part and parcel of the Motormania team. So he's rejoined us. Um, Is it going to be a carbon copy for that one come a Sunday evening? Uh, yeah, I'm almost certainly Max Verstappen's going to seal another victory. It's going to be cheers in the Red Bull and boredom for a lot of other people in the stands. But I think the actual show is going to be good because that's what F1 does now, a great show. We are here to talk all things automotive. Um, and that comes in so many different guises uh, from your, your little uh, cheap run around uh, on the streets of the UAE to, of course, the elite up in F1 and all the formulas there in as well. A big takeover of Formula One racing uh, several years ago from Liberty over in the US. Massive investment into it. Let's get Netflix involved. Let's turn things around. Let's turn it into a drama. Uh, Give me an end of year report on the 2023 season. Will they be happy with the result? From the show, as in a reality show perspective, I think they wouldn't be as happy as previous years because the reality is that we haven't had quite the drama. Max winning every race has kind of taken the, the air out of the room, so to speak. In previous years, the Hamilton year, for example, we all remember that in 2021, there was shocking twists and turns at every corner. Here, he's won almost every race. So we can see audiences dropping around the world and there needs to be more excitement injected into the actual racing because otherwise they're going to have to make some stuff up where the producers will really. 
Um, listen, we could get Damien Reed in studio to big up all things Formula One, but we know what he would say, don't we, MT? He'd be there and he'd wax lyrical about the fact that this is the very essence of the sport, etc. Uh, the reason I've got uh, the level-headed Im Shangiado in is to talk the sort of business side of the sport as well. Is Formula One, this might be a bit of a loaded question, is Formula One a business model that works? Oh, yes and no. Because if you look at what's happened in Las Vegas, definitely it brought a lot of heat and interest to Vegas. Did it actually help the economy? Well, that's kind of questionable. I know in the UAE, definitely does because you look at the number of millions of people who are heading up to Abu Dhabi this weekend. But if you look at Las Vegas, there was a lot of complaints from local shop owners, that, I mean, shop owners, restaurant owners. Custom actually went down. Tickets were unsold. So it is a bit of a loaded question. And in terms of what it does for the cars, well, that's also another question these days, isn't it? Let's talk about the cars because, yeah, you've got your Mercedes. Yeah, you've got your Ferraris. You've got uh, well-known automotive manufacturers and brands who have a investment and some stock in Formula One. But does that pay forward to the average showroom here? If Lewis Hamilton is doing well in Formula One in his Mercedes car, does that see? do we see a, sp- a spike in the purchase of Mercedes? I think you see a spike in the sales of merchandise. A lot of Hamilton caps and so forth. I think if you flash back to the 80s when we were all young and still had hair, the reality was that a you lot of stuff... Hair, I'm working on it. I'm losing it quickly. I think the reality is that the cars actually did make a big difference. Everything that you remember from the 80s. Turbos. Remember turbos? From F1. Um, look at modern cars. Steering wheel buttons. You know that F1 cars have steering wheel buttons in the 90s? Well, we have that now on cars because of F1. And carbon fiber. Everybody knows what carbon fiber is. However, not every car is made of carbon, fi- carbon fiber because it's so expensive. And that's the problem with modern F1 cars. They're really, really not translating into road cars anymore as much as they used to. And they seem to sort of fly in the face of what's happening with all things automotive. Let's address the elephant in the room. EV. EV. So hybrid, these cars are all hybrid, obviously, and they make tons of power. But the majority of cars on the road aren't hybrid, although the RTA is working to push people to drive more hybrid cars. And I think that is the solution. But the reality is EVs are the fastest and the cleanest cars on the road. And the F1 cars aren't EVs. Formula E was a thing. Did it work? You know, the jury's out. I think the jury's in, back in. I think it's pretty much not going to happen in terms of audience interest. So what do we do with F1 then? You know what F1 is about? The show, the reality, the drama. And I think that's where Liberty succeeded, taking a sport that a lot of people weren't really interested in and creating these characters, creating these narratives that have drawn so much attention. Uh, And given that it is a show and given that it attracts people flying in for the event, given that it gets eyeballs as well. Is it a wise investment for Abu Dhabi? We know there's a lot of competition for races, the 22 races on the schedule at the moment. Will Abu Dhabi continue to try and hold on to their race? You know, from the obviously from the hardcore perspective, it makes total sense to go to every race because you're not going to miss it. But from the general public, a lot of people were frankly more interested in who's singing at the concerts every night. Well, if you look at what's going on now with the celebrities that you might catch an eye off on the pit walk, that's drawing eyeballs. So again, I think Liberty's done the right thing. I think Abu Dhabi's done the right thing. People are going because they might see, you know, uh, Megan the Stallion walking the pit walk again, and they might see Barton Brundle try to talk to her and get turned down again. So you never know. The drama is everything. That's why we're thrown in, isn't it, for yeah. Martin Brundle trying to work out who is who in the pit lane. That's what it's A all about. A confused old man. <laughs> Uh, let's bring it back to home if we can. So if Formula One is the pinnacle, if you like, if it's the one that a lot of us aspire to, if it puts billions of eyeballs on. Um, How is that sort of feeding into the automotive community here? Are we seeing a buoyant automotive community, not just from the elite in Formula One, but other classes of races, rallies, etc.? 
Well, considering F1's been here for so long, I think an F1 racer popping into a showroom doesn't draw the kind of attention that it used to maybe in 29 or 2010. But you have so many other things. The car culture is building up. We have modern hypercars being driven, people doing tours. We have classic cars. Everything is popping out of the woodwork these days. Um, you are gearing up for one at the beginning of next month, the Milla Milia coming back to the UAE for the second time, is that right? The second time, bigger and badder than ever before. And what is Milla Milia? Milla Milia is 1,000 miles. That's a very famous Italian race that's been run since 1927. The UAE version is the second version that we've done out here. It's basically 1,600 kilometers across the Emirates and this year Oman. Uh, cars from 1927 to the present, 120 cars. Which is unheard of here, uh, but it's great to see. And is that sort of indicative? of a growing respect for all things automotive, regardless of age and otherwise. If you look at the hyperclar classes, a lot of people are buying them because they're collectible. With the older cars, people are buying them because they like looking at them. But the reality is they want to drive them. And what this rally does is give people an opportunity to actually exercise these cars in the manner they want to be. And also wave to lots of people in the streets because expecting a big crowd to turn out. And we see more collectors here in the UAE now? Oh, we're seeing loads more people coming and looking at the UAE really seriously and bringing their collections from overseas. But we're starting to have some serious heavy hitters in this market. If people want to get involved in Millimilia, what do they do? Follow us on Instagram, Millimilia Experience UAE. That's 1000 Miglia. Sorry, my Italian's not so great. <laughs> M-I-G-L-I-A. Imtushan, always good to catch up with you. Thanks to Imtushan Gyaria, Editor-in-Chief, Motoring Middle East and Head of Marketing at Octanium Experiences. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.